of the Risk Cheese Radio podcast, your home for horological hot takes, unpopular watch opinions, and all that jazz. Schmidt, how are you this week? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, pretty tired. I had the my youngest decided he wanted to stand up in his crib at 4.30 in the morning. And while I repeatedly put him down, he just kept standing up and all the while smiling at me as if to laugh at the lack of sleep I was getting until 6 a.m. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've uh, I have not had much sleep the last few days. I had to catch an early uh, flight back home for how was work. Uh, how was Chicago? Uh, it was good, man. I mean, it was good to be up there. It was good to hang out with some good people and and, and talk watches. But uh, that 5.15 a.m. flight to come back home just was not a good one so yeah, that'll take the wind I'm, I'm a little i'm a little draggy today i'll be honest with you it's been uh got back home straight back to work doing stuff around the house helping out with the with the with the kid and then here we are late night recording our another sesh so yeah a little bit of a uh, late night episode a little bit of a late night episode yeah, yeah. Yep, and it just it right. has to be it's just it's the holiday hustle it for, is for man for everyone no matter what you do no matter what you're walk of life is everybody's doing the holiday hustle yeah it's 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 crazy but i mean we touched on this last time i mean it's uh it's all good you know it's all good for for family and, and everything so i'd rather be hectic and 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 uh hustle worthy than be boring and sad and alone so uh there's always a trade-off there yeah and as long i feel i feel like as long as you could sit down on that 24th 25th and just take a moment to enjoy it, it it's worth it yeah, no, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. So episode 10. And uh, no. I guess a big thanks to the folks for sticking with us for 10 episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, shocked. I am I'm really shocked. So <laughs> shocked that we've been able to keep it up this long already. <laughs> There's that. I mean, so, you know, it, it's, hey, it's uh, a grind. It, it is. It, it is. I mean, you know, these these things, they take a lot of time. I know certainly from your aspect, too, there's even a little bit more investment with editing and everything that we do for, to make these episodes happen. But um, we really wouldn't feel the inspiration to do it if it wasn't for you guys out there listening. So thank you. Yeah, it's been a fun ride. Hopefully equally as fun for all of you. And hopefully we can continue to deliver. And on that Thanks. note, we will take it into episode 10. Before I jump into main topic, I would like to just mention that I did not know there were this many Marissa Tomei fans out there. I've had so many messages in the past week about Marissa Tomei. GIFs, pictures, movie quotes. And don't get me wrong, she's been around a long time. She's oh, a man. very attractive lady. And I guess for, you know, my cousin Vinny, the wrestler, again, up to Spider-Man. And anything she's ever been with. I mean, I'm I love say every great. Everybody's, take your pick. You got your, yeah, whatever yeah, you no, like, I mean, she's done it. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved her in Crazy Stupid Love. And it's yeah. just kind of like, oh, oh that was man. hysterical. Oh. Yeah, Steve Carell. And the guys. I'm going to take you home and show you off to my ex-wife. She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, man. The tag hoyer ambassador himself, the gauze. Mm -hmm. Shirtless for half a movie. I know. <laughs> There's airbrushed abs, apparently. <laughs> no, really? He... <laughs> no, 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 no. It was funny because they make that comment. Uh, you know, uh, Emma Stone makes that comment in the. In the in oh, when they go home? Yeah. Shirt off. yeah, he's like, she takes his shirt off. She's like, dang it. Are your abs airbrushed? <laughs> it's like, yeah, when you, when you look that good, you work out that much, right? And then you get to watch him make an old fashioned like six times. 
<laughs> that's right. That did make me want to try an old fashioned though. That was hey, you know, it's there's some good drinks out there. Hey, the, I I've picked up a lot of mixology over the past couple of years, partly through due to this hobby and the people I've met, because there's a lot of yeah. those either amateur or aspiring mixologists out there that I know. Yeah, and you and you hang out with the guys, you know, uh, whiskey watches. And, I was and, about and to to, to shout time, out. like yeah, yeah, of course. All those guys are, are boozing hard when they're getting their their podcasts going. So yeah, and they like to mix some uh, interesting stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So, Maris Tomei. Uh, who would have thought? I mean, we <laughs> dropped we dropped a subtle hint about her last episode. All of a sudden, our DFs are just blowing up about yeah, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but kind of awesome at the same time. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this is a show that specializes in unpopular watch opinions and such. Today, we're going to be talking about an unpopular watch movement. At least in theory. Uh, okay. and this is the Quartz Watch movement. Oh, and no. Part of this has been driven by something that's always sort of tweaked me since I've started maturing in this hobby, I think. Okay. First off, I don't, I've never really understood the hate for Quartz Watches, but even aside from mm. that is the fact that we seem to have groups of them that just get a straight up pass while other ones are just disregarded as oh well that's just a quartz shitter or whatever and it's always sort of bothered me and so i thought i would carry some of that over okay so this is this is your vent sesh a little bit but i i I think i I, more than a vent sesh i think it's more of a hashing it out type of sesh and i'm i'm probably going to tweak some people but that's okay that's what that's keeps what the, we do. That's what keeps the people. That's what we back. do best, right? That's what we do best. So starting with quartz watches, right? Years ago, I, w- I was against them because that's what people told me to be. When I was a budding collector, people said, "No, you don't want those, right? You want the smooth sweep, is what it's all about, and mm-hmm. you don't want to see that tick, tick. It, it's not about that." And I, I even watched some video content with some famous people and they they even made comments oh well i don't want those quartz watches okay fair enough but i i feel like it's easier to go with nonsensical popular opinions and trends than to go against them and form your own because that way you're not kind of the lone wolf and i don't know it's easier to be a sheep i guess at the end of the day (laughs) well i mean you know i'll say this i mean like we when we first get into the hobby, we kind of follow the mainstream avenues because that's going to be, you know, kind of the, the biggest net that we get caught up in. Right? right. And so immediately when you jump into this, you realize, hey, automatics are great. Manual wines are cool. If you're kind of niche, quartz is a big no, no. Right. Like that's just kind of how it goes down. And you learn right away that, you know, quartz is not the desirable movement category to get into but i feel like eventually all of that comes full circle and i think that's what you're kind of going to get into here in just a moment yeah i think that it's more about realizing that it does have its merits it's not for every watch it's not for every collector and if you don't like it that's fine i'm not going to tell you you're wrong for disliking it again it's all about forming your own opinion yeah (laughs) that's the internet (laughs) in a nutshell (laughs) everything you just said 
you're wrong. <laughs> but that's always something I think I've tried to hit home, even in my account. And that was just, and that was another thing was just, it was sort of a click one day that I was like, people should just form their own opinions. I I really yeah. I don't like such broad brush narratives and concepts that are like what's fashionable like there are things in the world that you can say are cut and dry yes and no right and wrong things like this that are personal preference are not one of them yeah it's 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 easy to see how people can get really quote-unquote triggered by these types of things but it's also something that at the end of the day it doesn't make sense because if this hobby is supposed to be inclusive it's supposed to be engaging it's supposed to be you know diverse Diverse. yeah exactly (laughs) diverse right like there should be aspects of every aspect of the hobby that should be celebrated right and i think what i've encountered in my own you know kind of collecting journey is like i said you know you get into this hobby right away you learn automatic is the bomb manual wine is kind of cool quartz is a big no-no until you come kind of full circle collecting and then you meet that one group of guys who are like, quartz is cool if you're doing super complicated, super accurate quartz movements, because there's a lot of artistry, design, uh, industrialization, and techno- technological development that goes into producing something like this. It's just not something we, you know, press together out of, you know, pot and metal and, and put a quartz resonator inside of and just called it a day. Right. There's more artistry to it. I mean, and, you know, I'm sure we're going to get to this at some point, but it's like, you know, you think about, you know, Grand Seiko, right? Like they are the king of courts when it comes to those types of movements. Now, some people might be like, okay, well, you're kind of underselling spring drive and all that stuff. But let's be honest, like even some of their their nine F series movements that are just, you know, straight courts or whatever. Spectacular. they're bangers. I mean, like, <laughs> like when you think about it and you look at that second hand, it hits every tick around the dial. Like that is artistry in motion in a completely different format than what we're used to with a mechanical movement. Right. And so one day I feel like I had this moment of realization that in the right watches, quartz really does make sense. And it has complete merits there. And for me, whether it's a watch that I won't wear often because I want it to be running when I pick it back up, Military watches, tough watches, even watches with a lot of different functions, they all seem to make sense in courts. Yeah. And some of those I'll, we're going to get into later. But anything military specifically, like Marathon, CWC, they make a ton of courts models. And yeah, that makes sense because you're relying a lot on both long and short term accuracy. I mean, if you're going to synchronize, you want that synchronization to be spot on. You, you don't want to have to worry sure. too much about fluctuations and things over days, right? A quartz right. makes perfect sense there. Yeah, absolutely. It also, it also gives you a little extra padding in the shock department, which is kind of nice, right? Not And, that's, and the, that's the other aspect of it. And that's where you see it a lot, you know, with guys that are in um, special operations units, not to be confused with special forces units, because those are two different types of things, but special operations units. So guys that are all different types of branches of the military deployed all over the world, you know, they need something that's rough and tumble. They need something that can, can handle anything that their daily job is going to throw at them. And courts for a lot of people make sense because less moving parts, less likely for damage, 
less likely to get stuck on a deployment or in some type of mission where shit's hitting the fan and you lost your time source, right? Like you can't be in that type of situation. And that's why a lot of guys who are special operations, um, they don't want GPS watches. They don't want things that have to be charged. They don't want any of that stuff because if you're truly remote behind enemy lines, doing that kind of stuff, the last thing you want to do is have somebody know where you are or be tethered to something that needs to be constantly charging, right? You want something that's going to be able to just continue to function no matter what. And a standard quartz watch will certainly do that. I mean, anything from Marathon or CWC, like those types of watches, they just work until they don't work and the battery needs to get replaced, right? Um, but you go on a mission like that, you have full confidence that something like that's going to continue to function. And you don't have to worry about charging ports or cords or GPS trackers or locations, steps or any of that stuff. That's all different. Yeah. And I think we've become spoiled by our phones mostly because if you've ever traveled abroad in places where maybe you don't speak the language or you're not so comfortable where you're navigating and things like that, when your phone's running out of battery and you don't have time to just stop and charge it and you have to make a plane, a train, a connecting flight, whatever, it becomes panic time when absolutely your phone is dead, right? Absolutely. And now imagine if you're military and you need to make a, a drop point or something at a specific time. I cannot imagine. What no, that I mean, like. no, I mean, like as someone who travels for business often, I am never without a power bank like ever. Like I got two cell phones that I use for work and personal. I have a laptop and I have a power bank in my bag everywhere I go because I never want to be in a situation where I'm trying to catch a flight. My older phone's draining battery too quickly. I don't have enough juice to pull up my boarding pass or, you know, navigate the airport, whatever it might be. I don't have enough juice. And I'm just like, well, I don't know when I can charge my phone because it'll probably be three hours from now. Yeah. And I might have a window of 10 minutes to do it. Not going to cut it. power bank like I and this is this is modern world. Like I'm not backpacking through you know, the Middle East, right? the <laughs> like this, yeah, this is me heading to the airport. <laughs> but again, it's just like, you know, you start to understand how much you come to rely on these types of devices and being able to be in a situation where they could fail or you could lose them um, in terms of functionality is, is very scary. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I couldn't even imagine what that would be like to, to be somewhere overseas in, in dangerous territory. And thinking that, like, oh, I can't charge my watch, so I don't know what time it is. <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry, not going to happen. And another aspect of it for me was that certain complications make a lot of sense in courts. I mean, chronographs specifically, whether you're talking straight courts or mecha courts, whatever. And the mecha is kind of nice because you still get that sort of sweeping. Yeah, absolutely. Hand. And you see examples of that with Seiko, Orient. Does a lot of them brew. John mm -hmm. still waiting for that brew dinky collab. By the That's way, That's right. What's up, brew dinky? <laughs> but it just makes a lot of sense, and it's nice because you can offer a chronograph in a very affordable package. Sure. Whereas when you think about how much chronographs really cost, I mean, when you start to get into like hand wound or automatic, and it doesn't matter, Swiss, Japanese, whatever. 
you start to creep up in price there. When you get into the yeah. Mecca courts or courts chronos, you know, Seiko's offering them in under $200 in some yeah. models. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the other ones I mentioned are also pretty inexpensive as well. It's nice to be able to put that into an affordable package where someone doesn't have to spend an arm and a leg to get a chronograph function. Yeah. And and it kind of again tying it back to to military. I mean, Seiko and Pulsar, you know, they had quartz chronos that were issued to the RAF in the 90s. So like these were ultra reliable, very accurate, and now today highly sought after quartz chronos that were RAF issued pilot watches. And they were extremely reliable, right? These are watches that were actually being used day to day in military operations and flights and squadrons and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, quite frankly, this is a type of watch that you would buy out of a department store or Macy's catalog. I mean, it's very simple. It's nothing to write home about, but it had a very accurate quartz movement. It was very reliable and people wanted to use it for military use and they did. So it's kind of crazy, but you know, that's, that is the cool thing with quartz. And I think, you know, kind of as you were touching on earlier, when it comes to quartz timepieces, there's some watches, some complications, some styles, some brands even, that get a pass, right? Like that they just are allowed to be like, oh, yeah, like they do quartz and that's cool, like no big deal. And then there's other brands or other complications or other types of watches. And they're like, nah, these guys do quartz, man. Like it's just, it's just. You know, this it's ain't it. This ain't it, you know? And so it, it was always very hard for me. Like when I was first getting into watches, like how do you filter through the noise? How do you decide like what's good? Like what is going to be like respected at a meetup or what's just going to be complete other risk garbage and just not worth your investment, you know, hashtag, hashtag risk garbage. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, what, what, where do you go from here? Like when I was a budding collector, like I had no money. I was a broke college student trying to find my way through the world. And I'm like, okay, would somebody give me crap if I bought this? Like, you don't ever want to be thinking that it's like, you want to just be like full steam ahead. You find something you love, you go and pull the trigger and you're like waiting for it to come in. Right. Like that's kind of the idea. But it was like, even back then, this was years ago. It's like, I was very conscious. I'm like, well, like if I buy this, is someone just going to like troll me on the forums for posting it? Like the answer is probably yes. Yeah, Especially if it was courts, you know, like, I don't know. Have you experienced that? You know, I've, I've learned to block out the noise so much over the years. And again, it's something I usually echo on my account is that realistically, the only person whose opinions count. Yeah. It's your should own. Start with your own. I mean, <laughs> exactly. But exactly. I mean, even just among your friends, I mean, if, if you have varying opinions on things, does it really matter? No. So might as well buy whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah, no, I mean, and that's something that we will always echo on this show. We've said it many times before, but I think I think it's so hard for young collectors that are just getting into this, like finding their way to come to that realization. Because literally everywhere they look now is every other watch, you know, media point or blog or forum is directing your purchasing habits some way, right? You're going to see what, what brands want you to see as the good stuff. And you end up buying it because that's what's kind of put in front of you. Back in the day, that was a little different. It was, it was more like, hey, this is a cool watch. If you like it, cool. But if you, if you don't, then it's cool too. 
But now it's like, hey, you're going to like this watch, and this is the one you should own. Yeah, that was like when you could uh, you could just stroll in and buy like a Royal Oak. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to like this watch because 10 watch blogs told you you're going to like it. Because I took a picture with them over my fists, holding them at the camera. (laughs) That's why. I'm the quote unquote expert. <laughs> that's That'll a, story be, for that's a time, whole ladies. other episode. That's a story for that another is... time, ladies and gentlemen. But courts. Yeah. So, so where do you think? Where's the distinction, bro? I mean, like you kind of hinted at this. Where, well, where, where are me, the lines drawn? Let me burn half our listeners right now. Might as well. No, um, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go crazy, but I'm just gonna make some observations. And for example. For whatever reason, right, you cannot, it is considered a sin to talk badly or look down upon digital Casios or G-Shocks. They are, as far as I'm concerned, they are untouchable. Yeah, they are the untouchable. It, it doesn't matter what, but again, this is what never made sense to me is why are we like, this is okay, but if I want to buy, a, a, you know, something else, Timex Q or something, well, that's yeah. a, that's a coarse turd. Yeah, that's 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 a shitter. <laughs> yes, but at, so at someone at some point, someone said that these are cool. This is acceptable. Everybody's going to follow suit because again, it's much easier to just be a sheep and go with the herd. I mean, do I think they're bad watches? Not at all. They definitely serve a oh, purpose, of course not. right? Yeah. But to be fair, they look a lot more like my alarm clock than an analog <laughs> wristwatch does. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, that's probably the best description. It look a lot more like my alarm clock. Yeah, I'm just exactly. saying I don't I don't necessarily find that to be a good thing. Like I don't I don't want to wear an alarm clock, but yeah, I I appreciate what they bring to the table. I own a couple. I'm not going to deny that or anything. But I also don't kid yeah. myself. I I don't find them to be you know digital quartz watches to be overly sophisticated you, or artistic you, or novel. You mean they're not god tier? Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Please. You mean, you mean they're not God tier, bro? Don't even. But, you know, they are what they are. They're budget beaters. That's fine. And I know yeah. they go up in price and everything. They're not just, you know, bargain basement or something. But I just, I just don't find them to be in that artistic realm that, like you were talking about before with the Grand Seikos, like that is a quartz watch that is art. Yeah, and not, not to say every watch has to be a work of art. It doesn't. Okay. No. I, my Timex Q is not a work of art. It's just, it right. is what it is. <laughs> but I love that time XQ. I love my time XQ. I mean, and, and that was the thing when we were talking about this is like, you know, it's funny. It's like G-Shocks, Casios, Citizens, you know, all these pieces that are coarse in a lot of ways get passes, right? The Echo Drive is a big one. Especially if they are an like, Echo Drive, I'd say is a little bit different category, but yeah, especially if they're like uh, digital, like digital readout, not analog readout, right? So this is numbers, not hands, not for hands. all of my people who may be digitally challenged, I guess. So, like, I have a G-Shock. I have a, uh, what is it, the uh, the DW5600. I have a gray model. Uh, G-Shock came out with kind of like a little military-style series a few years ago. And they made a DEW5600 in gray, olive drab, and I think one was tan. And I got the gray one because I just saw it and I was like, okay, that's sick. And for me... The, D- uh, the DW5600 series of G-Shocks, which is like the original like 1982, 1983 square case, like yeah. ultra flat. That one is the G-Shock for me. There's a lot of other great G-Shocks out in the world, 
I will only buy the small mini square cases because to me, that's just like, that's where I started. That's where I'll always be. That's a G-Shock for me. I'm not going to wear anything that's red or anything that's crazy or clear. Like, this is not. But anyway, but I love that watch for a specific purpose. I wear that when I'm doing something overly active where I could potentially damage my mechanical watch. Um, and, and, and I'll be honest with you. I wear my mechanical watch for everything. So when I put my G-Shock on, like, it's basically like serious business. <laughs> this is this is real serious business. I'm going to be chopping firewood or I'm doing something crazy where it's just like this could really damage a movement, um, which, by the way, I actually did chop some firewood last weekend in my speedy and it worked out just fine. That's good. You're not a poser. You're not just throwing. I'm that not, I'm not a poser. Show. I went hunting with my speedmaster. It was awesome. Anyway, that's that's another story for a different time. But, you know, if I put my G-Shock on, it's 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 for a purpose. Um but then, you know, I think that people are like, oh, yeah, G-Shocks are amazing. Like, this is a fantastic watch, which it certainly is because it's over-engineered. And I think that there's a lot of respect that goes into building a G-Shock. If you've ever seen a lot of their marketing materials, you know, when they freeze it, they drop it off five stories and they smack in their, into its face. Like, all the different attributes that go into the, the testing and the development phase of a G-Shock, I think is really impressive. And for me... The fact that I could own one, you know, I could buy a God tier G-Shock if I really wanted to for, you know, $500, or I could go to Walmart and scrape together 40 bucks and I could buy one in their watches and jewelry section. And it's the same quality. Does that make sense? Like, it's just, it, it will just function completely yeah. without any question. And I think there's something to be said for that because that's a course watch is designed to do something that most watches would break or get damaged doing. Um, but, you know, you look at something like the Q and you brought this up. This is a perfect watch. There's people that love this watch. I'm one of them. There's people who vehemently hate it. Yes. Because like, this is like garbage. It's a piece of Timex's worst legacy. They're just a bunch of homages. <laughs> yeah, they're all homages to other watches. Like, they're all these different colors. We're making too many references. I'm like, like guys, like this watch, 1A, it's ugly. But it's ironically ugly. Like, I know it's ugly, but I still want to wear it. And two, like, I know it's nothing special. It's just a cute little quartz watch. Is it going to win any accuracy or precision awards for me? No. Is it going to win any GPHG awards? Absolutely not. I don't care. I'm just going to put it on because I like it. And it's fun that I don't have to set it in my watch box every, you know, several months. Like, I just, I just pick it up and put it on. Right. Like it just goes. But there's some people that really don't vibe with that type of quartz watch. And I think it comes down to with like the ticking. Like yeah. that's the thing that drives people nuts about quartz is you constantly see the. The tick. Yeah. And I think you get over that eventually. I mean, I would I would like to think so. But there's there's people who get really, you know, they get really uh, get really angry. A little yeah. ruffled, a little triggered. Yeah, and like, I, I, I think you pretty much nailed it on the head with the G shocks. Is that you, they're purposefully built, and for what they do, they are great. I might burn a couple people here, but I feel like once you start getting into like the precious metals one, I, I feel like it's a little cringe, just a little bit. I know people 100% like that. agree, one hundred percent agree. Anything, Mister G? No, sorry, bro. <laughs> Like, you know, I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on a G shock. Like it's not going to happen. It's a little bit lipstick on a pig type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And they're massive. They're big boys. They're thick, right? 
Yeah. It's it's funny. If, you know that meme that, oh, man, he thick. <laughs> like, that's kinda, every time I see a Mr. G on somebody's feet, that's that's the thing that, that plays in my mind every single time. But, I mean, it's, I mean, again, no shade. Collect what you want to collect. It's just not for me. I won't buy one. I'm going to stick to my old school G-Shocks because that's just what I love. But you're right, bro. I think you and I agree on this. Is like I'm not I'm not going to go out and buy a Master of G or a Mr. G. Like it's just I'm going to get the standard Walmart special because I'm going to beat the crap out of it. Like that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about the uh, the big modded Casio trend. I'm not really bad at I never really understood modding a watch to that extent. I also yeah, really, it's a lot. I'm going to be in the very, very big minority here. I also really don't like the name Cassie Oak. I think it's mostly just because I don't like the fact, I don't like that everything that's an octagon has to be Oak. Come on. Yeah. Come on. We're yeah. better than that. No, I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, funny. I, the, fir- the first time I saw that watch before any social media interaction, the first thing I thought was Shocto Finissimo. Because it's an Octo and it's a G-Shock. That was the yeah, first yeah, thing yeah. Shocto that came to Finissimo. my mind. Stupid, but I, it's I actually, enjoyed it's it for actually, myself. I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like that name better. <laughs> but I mean, again, it's everything's gonna get co-opted by something yeah. more impressive, right? Like that's just kind of the idea. And 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 I, I know we we have friends that are in like the the collecting community, especially that are influencers or people that are involved, like you know, on social media and stuff. Like they know the guy that like made the name Cassio. So like, yeah, no shade to that dude. No shade to that guy. No, like, not at all. You did an awesome thing. Like the industry obviously ran with it. Um, and and for a, quite a while, Cassio was actually calling the Cassio until they got you know some cease and desist letters, and then they <laughs> <laughs> all of those that terminology just kind of went away for a hot minute. But it's fine. It's all fine. Um, but no, it's it's I, I agree with you. It's like that watch was cool because it was like its own like language of of design yeah. and everything. And, and it, feel, it feels like you almost kind of cheapen its like, design process by calling it like the Cassie Oak, right? Like it's like it's like G-Shot couldn't come up with anything better. So he had to like riff on 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 the Royal Oak. Like, no, this was a cool watch and G-Shock designed and, and it. And Octagon so. is a legitimate shape. It occurred, <laughs> it occurred before Audemars Piguet. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, so speaking speaking on speaking on G shocks, we got to talk about the most impressive and important G shock of this past week, my friend. Which one is that? The John Mayer two. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I want I want I want your hot takes on the John Mayer two. Well, you open up MS Paint, you make a few clicks, and you got a new watch, and boom. Q4 sales are made. Just done instantly. Two hours later, just pew, 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 pew. They're all just flying out and everyone's selling them for three times over retail for a quartz G-Shock. I, I will never I, understand it, but you know, you slap anything dinky on it. It's just yeah. ready to go. I wish they would put just a little survey at the end of the buying experience and just be like completely anonymous. Click one or the other. I'm buying this for myself. I'm buying this to resell for quote unquote speculation. Yeah, it, it's it won't blacklist you, won't tell anybody's name. I just want I want to know the percentage. It's a hundred percent for resale. It's all for the <laughs> I mean, no like I, I even talked to a buddy of mine who is a G Shock collector, and I talked to him about it. I was like, Hey, did you see the new drops? Like, yeah, it just popped up my feed. He goes, I don't only buy it to resell it. 
That's literally what he told me. It's funny, Within, man. Like, just no hesitation. Yeah, I'd only buy it to resell it. I, was like, I made I made a meme the last time when that one came out, and it's John Mayer sitting at his computer, and I put MS, I put him editing a G Shock on the screen, and like made it out like he was doing it the night before, and I had a lot of I I'm gonna call them Mayer heads. I don't know what his fan following is, but people who are like I bought this because I worship John Mayer. I'm like, dude, good for you, man. But like, that wow, ain't lose my favorite that song. Ain't me. <laughs> I am not running through any. Halls of high schools. No, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I, I will say that though. Root for Squares is a great album. That was. I was in my album. graduation video from high school. Oh God, no! Yeah. Talk about talk about cringe. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Yes. I wanna run to the that, that was in our high, high school. school. That was in our high school. <laughs> I don't know how it made its way into our high school football highlight real for our senior year oh no 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 that also probably tells you how good we were yeah no. extra 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 cringy yeah like one in seven cringy <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys for showing up we had a great year um we're glad we won't see you next year because you're all graduating maybe we can finally get a football team that will win hey i want to run yeah. through the house <laughs> Oh man, yes, the most the most important courts watch release of the week, the mayor too. That's gonna win a GPHG award for sure. There you go, there you go. This innovative design, you know, we went from that matte gray to like this now kind of like off albino white. It's kind of like a lininy color. It's the mayor two polar. You know, we're out here just just winning design awards. That's it. And for the record, to also tweak the Casio cult, I, I also prefer the fifty six hundred. <laughs> yeah, that, that, to me, that's my that is the the penultimate G Shock. I'm sorry. When I, I mean like, when I think G Shock, that's what I I think. That's that's one of the ones I own. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just I have a soft spot for nostalgia. I've owned other G Shocks um, over the years, but I just keep coming back to the to the fifty six hundred. I just there's just something so quintessentially 80s about it that I can't like not love. And I don't know, man. It's just like, as the cool kids would say, it's just a banger. It's just like, it just works and it keeps working no matter what. So that was it. That was it. That was the first watch that I fell in love with was a, was a DW 5600 and I've never looked back. So maybe that's also why I'm big on the collection. Yeah. Now, now that the the digital rant is out of the way, <laughs> um, there are plenty of brands that are still making court watch quartz watches with some panache. They're not just cheapo throwaway, you know, going to sell it on the counter at Walmart type of thing. Right? I mean, we already touched on. I think my favorite cheap quartz watchmaker is Timex. Yeah. Right, they have the Q. Yeah. They also have the the Expedition, and so on. They, you know, Timex has been killing it lately. I, they, I mean, no shame. I mean, I know it's on a quartz watch. Did you see the the uh, the Huckberry release that they had yesterday? Yeah, it looks like a Polar Two. Yeah, but it looks good. It looks. Well, so I mean, good. if you don't have, I mean, connections plus eight grand <laughs> to spend on a Polar, you know. 
I mean, this Navi XL Huckberry, man, like it's like a it's like a polar white dial, silver bezel, Cyclops. steel case. <laughs> it, I couldn't. Does it have a sub? I, I think it remember if it did. And then it's like a bright orange second hand. Like it's totally riffing on on a on a polar, but it just it looks good, man. I I saw it. I was like blasting out to all my collector friends. And I was like, all right, this is kind of hot. <laughs> it's like, man. Do we cop this collab or are we just gonna resell it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was good. No, I uh I picked up one of the um Expedition Norths that came out. It's the solar powered uh yeah, yeah. Ports. I picked up the PVD one. It it looks awesome. I got it on a a green sail cloth. I, I can't wait. Next time next time I'm up up that way and, and I and we get to hang out again. That I definitely want to see that watch in person because it looks it looks kind of fun. But again, those are those are like the fun watches that I could just wear to work and not have a second thought. Yeah. I don't have to worry about chipping crystals or dinging and denting. And if I do, you know what? Another hundred some odd dollars. I got a yeah. brand spanking new one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I you know it's you don't got to convince me. I mean, we're over here just trying to convince our, our listener base that, like, you're not crazy. Like, it's okay if you like quartz watches. We also do as well. And cheap but I think watches. That, I'm about it. Yeah, I, but I just think the distinction is it's going to be, like, you know, collect stuff that's fun, that is, is not serious. It's like you can enjoy, you know, timepiece collecting and collect quartz watches and enjoy them and use them for, for a practical purpose. Now, if you want to get into, you know, collecting other big boy watches, too, or you know, big girl watches, that's fine. I mean, nobody's going to, nobody's going to say anything, but you know, don't ever feel like you can't add a quartz timepiece to your collection because you know, the IG Lords might come after you. It's like, whatever. I'm going to rock my cue guys. So I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to continue to wear it. So. Yeah. And you know, they're just, they're just what they are. Just like G-Shocks are. It's a super accessible piece for budget collectors or newbies, or just somebody who wants something fun. Right, something fun for the box. Yeah, not I mean, everything again, has to be a uh, a super thought out. I see people with spreadsheets and things. Sometimes you just, I'm just gonna buy something on a whim. Why not? Yeah, this that, looks I fun. mean, that's how I bought my G-Shock. This gray one. I was like, that looks cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna snag me one. Just impulse buy, late night Amazon, you know, purchase. May have had a couple drinks. Wet the whistle a little bit, you know, get some more, <laughs> get some more courage up and just pull the trigger. And just like, that's what it is, you know, but I mean, it's fun. It's supposed to be fun, you know? And like you said, I, I do know some people that go hard with the spreadsheets and stuff. I'm like, I want to be surprised when I make a decision. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of always have an idea of kind of what I want, but then there's times where I get into the store and I'm like, nope. I came in here for something different, but I'm leaving with this. Yeah, you make a right turn, and then you're like, oh, now Absolutely. things have gotten interesting. Absolutely. I will say this, my friend. I know we've been talking about course, but I do want to drop this this little bomb on you. I got to see the Sedna Speedy in person. Oh, boy. I was thinking about you the whole time. I, was looking I didn't at, even I was get like, a, a wrist shot out of that. I know. I was, I was honestly so busy. I had so little time with it, but I saw it, and I was kind of like, oh, bro, it's so good. It's so good. This dude it is it's selling it is organ every, right now for this. <laughs> it's everything you wanted it to be. It's so good. You, the bracelet one, is one phenomenal. collection, bro. One dude, watch it's, collection. Ugh, it is that my weekend. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna have a solid gold speedmaster and just your little courts weekend just hanging out. 
but no, it's it's yeah. If you haven't seen a, a set in the Gold Speedmaster in person, write your life and go do it because it is truly a phenomenal watch. So, yeah, I just thought I would derail that conversation a little bit with that, but no, it's it's great timepiece. And if you want to really get into Speedmasters, another quartz watch that's pretty why famous. Gonna, why are you going to take mine? I knew why you had this one in there. I mean, this is this should <laughs> be on everyone's take, list. Why you on everyone's mine? list of dope quartz watches, right? The yes, X33. Yes, the X33. Quote unquote Skywalker, as some people like to call it. Well, yeah. So, I mean, there, there was two names. So the original watch, because the X33 came out in 98. And it was released kind of in tandem with the official launch of the International Space Station, which was like kind of officially inhabited beginning in 98 going forward okay um so it was kind of designed to be like the new like international space station watch and eventually because at that time nasa was really trying to focus on trying to develop stuff for mars this was going to be kind of the martian watch um obviously that didn't happen back then but you know uh the x33 is certainly an amazing watch and and even the first generation. So there's technically three generations of X33. Right. The current one that you can buy in the stores being generation three. But there was a gen one, gen two. And the only real difference between them was the um, was kind of like the pushers, the crown and the bezel. So gen one had a polished bezel, slightly different crown and pushers. And then gen two had a matte bezel, slightly different crown and pushers. And they were just easier to operate on gen two versus gen one. So that's really it. But the movements were the same, but they're thermal compensated quartz movements. I mean, we're talking ridiculously accurate. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar with what thermal compensation is for quartz movements, basically, um, as quartz crystals vibrate back and forth in their frequencies, which gives them extremely accurate time, depending on on how, what type of weather conditions those quartz crystals find themselves in, they can actually kind of get into a suspension state. So most quartz movements like at extreme temperatures like let's say you know antarctic temperatures right you know it's negative 50 below or negative 30 below technically if you're wearing a standard watch you could actually slow down the vibrations of the quartz crystal to a degree that could start to alter your timekeeping now this is almost imperceptible to the human eye to the brain like you would never even notice really but your movement would actually be running slow so thermal compensation for quartz movements basically rectifies that and allows the quartz movements to operate in extreme heat and extreme cold without any effect. So it made perfect sense for the aerospace industry and why the X-33 was developed. But I mean, these are some of the most accurate quartz watches on the planet. And as much as people might be intimidated with like an X-33 and like how to set it and all that stuff, this watch, if I had six grand right now, I would buy one. It is a banger of a watch. It is so good. The multi-time zones, all the alarm functions, you know, all the crazy stuff you can do with this watch. It is incredibly smart, incredibly intuitive. If you ever considered owning one, do it. They're phenomenal. They really are. Once you read the manual and you figure out how to use it, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. But neither is a Breitling Aerospace. Like it you is look made at that, for like, an astronaut. <laughs> I mean, again, it's like this is supposed to do very complicated, detailed, very accurate functions that the majority of us will probably never benefit from. 
you know, when if I were to buy an X33, quite frankly, the only thing I, I would really be doing that was cool with it is I could set multi-time zones, right? Like I could have, you know, my local time zone, I could set it to Switzerland time. And if I ever was on vacation, then I can set it to something else and, and track multiple time zones. Like that's probably the pretty much the extent of what I would do. You know, there's some chronograph functions in there, maybe an alarm here or there, but that's kind of it. I'm not doing any phase elapsed times or mission elapsed times or, you know, any type of countdown intervals, you know, for launch starts, like any of that stuff. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not an astronaut, but you know, your timepiece could. And the watch is certainly over-engineered. It is a fantastic, fantastic watch. And that thermal compensation movement, I mean, I think that they said in my research about this, I think it was like plus or minus negative or plus or minus 0.77 seconds a day, something like that. So it like it just like barely fluctuates. So like after a few months, it's like almost not even perceptible how much time you've gained. It's like it's super, super, super accurate. So, yeah, X33, it's a beast. I would totally own one. Speaking of X33, I saw my guy, Michael Strahan, just went up with the Blue Origins recently. He did. He did. He did. Former New York Giant legend. He was, uh, I know for a fact that he was given a Speedmaster and an X33. So all the Blue Origin people get two watches. They get a moon watch and they get an X33. Although, you know, I don't know if you saw any of the press photos, but Mr. Uh, Mr. Strahan was wearing several uh, several watches with I crowns did. I on did. I did see that. Yeah. So yeah. it is what it is. Let me tell you, though. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him. Sweetheart of a guy. And this is when he was still playing. This is when he was young and still playing. So, like, oh, you know, really? those guys have a lot of chips on their shoulder. They're hot yeah, shots. Yeah. He was the nicest dude. He was doing an appearance local to me, and me and my I happened to just find out, and me and my brother went to our local comic book store and just bought up like a bunch of cards and stuff for him to sign. I have his autograph and everything. He was the oh, nicest cool, dude. It was really, really a, a cool that's, experience. That's always that's always that's always good to hear because it's like that was pre PR you know, Kelly Ripa, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Morning America, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. No, I, 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 I you know, again, I never met the guy, so it's. Um, it's always good when you when you hear people that are celebrity status that are just kind of still humble and down to earth. So it's good. But yeah, he was wearing he was wearing a you know apparently he got a lot of watches. Um, there's a guy on Instagram who's always constantly constantly doing the watch spotting thing, but he does it like with like really obscure photos. Yeah, um, I think it's like Nikolai or Nikolay something like that. I think you follow him too, but he does like watch spotting, but he does it for like you know celebrities and stuff but not like not like unimportant celebrities like i don't need to know what kim kardashian is wearing yeah. like he does like astronauts and like explorers you know like stuff like that like that's cool to see like he was talking about the um the uh uh ellison uh speedmaster that just went up for auction oh yeah like he was talking about the history of that a while back and that was kind of cool which i did it was history i didn't know and now omega owns that watch which is pretty cool it's in their museum. So, but I mean, even uh, Omega aside, you have brands at anything from Youngins, Seiko, Longine makes some high actually high accuracy quartz. Yeah, they're v- is it? I think it's VHP or something like that. Yeah, I think I think it's VHP, very high precision. I think yep. is what their what their quartz is stuff is called. 
Yeah, and then I mean, traditionally, even some of the big Swiss players have offered them. I mean, there are courts Royal Oaks, there are courts Rolexes. There are, there right? are, and then eventually you land on, as we mentioned before, Grand Seiko, which is kind of your hybrid. Yeah, courts automatic, baby. But I mean, yeah, and they've been they've been flirting with that type of courts for a long time because I mean they always did courts, and then they did like um, what was it called the. Um, um oh my god i cannot remember the name of it the technology so it's like it, it's basically a coarse movement but it's uh it's a capacitor battery that's, re- that's regenerated using a oscillating weight so the oscillating weight creates basically energy that will recharge the capacitor battery the kinetic that's what it is that's what they call it. so sort of like so a car like- with an alternator yeah, exactly. I mean that that's I mean that's what the kinetic was, but the the weird thing is like with the with the Grand Seiko, like a spring drive. The second hand sweeps, right? With the kinetic like it's you see the mechanics running, but it still has like the the ticket. Oh, does it? It was yeah, it was so weird. It was so weird. But like Seiko's been doing this for years. Like they've been flirting with all these different aspects of quartz technology that would really kind of culminate in you know, in spring drive. But like even like kinetic, like that was kind of a big deal back in the day because it was like, how can we recharge a quartz movement, recharge a battery using mechanics, which was something that nobody had really kind of considered before. So it was cool. The kinetic movements. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's where you get the name kinetic, right? You're putting energy of motion back into the system. Exactly. It's kind of, exactly. uh, it's like how the Prius works, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, breaking in in the rotation of the wheels, it will like help to recharge the the battery cell. So it's a kinetic car. Yeah, so you have that sort of a hybrid movement. And then another intriguing, I guess, approach to the quartz watch would be, I guess, what Cartier does, where they take the the second hand off completely. So that takes away from those people who hate the ticking second hand. Yes, yes. Right. And I mean, realistically, the movements are pretty accurate. So you really don't have to yeah. worry too much about fluctuation or inaccuracy. Yeah. It just, I, I will say this, though, for me, I know a lot of people love the like the tank and stuff and they'll, they'll happily wear it in courts. But I still see that hand move because it like will jump. Like if, you, if you've ever looked at a courts movement like that, that doesn't have a second hand. If you look at the minute hand, you can see it go like it, like will like jump. in a movie where the people are hanging off the the hand of yeah, the, it, the clock and it, it yeah exactly it'll like station jump station. down right like if you look at it close enough you can see it perceptibly jump and uh, um, every every time I have a, a a watch like that I notice it and it 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 drives me nuts yeah it's one of those things that gets you it does it does it totally does. So all of that aside, right, there are definitely still some banger quartz watches out there. Oh, for sure. Both Without contemporary question. and historical. Without question. So we Without already question. had the X33. In the yeah. same family, one watch for me that always did it, and I, I always wanted to pick up in quartz, believe it or not, and I've mentioned it before, is the Peter Blake. Seamaster. Mm, yeah, yeah. For me, that was I was gonna pick up one of those. I think it's the twenty two sixty four fifty. Um, yes, twenty two sixty four fifty. Yeah, I right. was gonna pick up one of those just as like a super 
I don't want to say beater. It's not a, it's not like a trash bag watch, but just like the no frills diver. Yeah. You know, wear anywhere. It's like I said, it's got a little extra shock absorption. Good for everything. I was going to pick one up and then all of a sudden they just took off in price and oh, well, but yeah, but that was always one I looked at. Um, and I, I think they do, they make Aquaterras in quartz, right? Or maybe um, they did. I don't think they're, I don't know if they make the them anymore, collection. but I remember, yeah. I believe I remember seeing Aquaterra and that's just like the, that's like the all purpose watch. The mm-hmm. Aquaterra, like it, it solves everything. Like yeah, that's a perfect one watch collection realistically. I, I agree. You don't, yeah, you don't have to convince me. I, I 100% agree. I've been saying it for years. Um, I just wish more people would, would come to that realization. And are they, are they only making that in 41 now? Or are they still so making the Aqua- smaller? So the Aquaterra, it's, it's uh, both men's and ladies' sizes. So there's 41, 38, 34, and then 20. Nine twenty-eight, something like that. So, like the the smallest one is going to be quartz. Thirty-four starts them out of mechanical, and then thirty-eight and forty-one are also mechanical. If I if I remember correctly, I think that that's how it goes down. Yeah, because that I feel like that, like the thirty-eight, is like put it to you know, bed. And who, I don't I don't need anything else. Yeah, and Houdinki's done a bunch of articles on the thirty-eight, and like, and it's rise in popularity, and I've seen it. You know, over social media, I've seen more and more people looking at the 38 millimeter Aquaterras and and kind of re-falling and re-falling in love with them because it's such a versatile watch. I mean, you said it, you have water resistance, you got good looks, it's stressy sport, you know, it's all that kind of classic, you know, steel sports model design, but in a package you can actually purchase and with options. Like if you want a blue dial, you got it, black gray um and i think uh i think even on those you can do like rubber straps too so like who wouldn't want a sports model on a rubber strap like that's and then they throw you like a wild one like the golf every once in a while yeah exactly right like i mean it's it's cool did you i mean i know this is a little controversial did you uh did you see the one that they did for the the beijing winter olympics the new aquaterra I'm not sure. I feel like I see so many watches on the daily that I kind of lose so track. I, it's it's one of those ones that would be pretty easy to kind of like overlook. Um, but I saw it at my local AD and I was like, holy crap, this is so cool. They made a um, a kind of winter themed Aquaterra and the dial looks like frozen ice. So it's ceramic, this dial, but they like laser etched it to make it look like ice. Oh, wow. And it looks so good. So good. I don't know if each one is different, if it's a different process. I've never compared more than one side by side. But it, when, you, when you look at it from a distance, you, you, it's, you almost can't tell. But it's, they've laser etched that ceramic. That, so when you hold it close, it looks like, it looks like ice it's been like skated over you know like it looks like it's like got cracks and fissures in it it looks it looks really cool and uh the markers and the hands on that one are kind of like a like a dark blue or like a navy okay that's good so it's I, like i'm not always yeah. a fan when they throw like a red hand on there and you're like e no, 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 no. I, 
Yeah, I think it's like a little maybe has a little tip of red on the seconds, yeah. but the the hands and and the markers are predominantly blue, but it looks so good. It's so good. So, it's not a 38, it's a 41, but man, if I didn't already own an Aquaterra, like that would be a pretty big contender for me cuz it looks it looks hot. Yeah, and you know, in that same nice sort of dressy package. I mean, Rolex has always done an oyster quartz. Although, strangely, I don't know if this is true or not. You hear a lot of gossip. I heard that they don't want to service those anymore. I I mean, could very well be the case. Rolex discontinues uh, service parts on a lot of their watches. Like, I know... um, like I know the, the like the 1016 Explorers, whatever movement series is in that, like Rolex will no longer service it. Right? Really? Just don't, yeah, just won't. And that's like one of their. That's like a flagship. Like when you hear Explorer, yeah. I mean, you think and I, I I even think that yeah, that same type of movement extended into some of like the early like Air Kings and you know OPs or whatever, um, and and they're not they're not serviceable anymore. Not because Rolex couldn't service it. They just decided, you know what? We're just not going to anymore. So now, you know, you buy these vintage pieces. Fantastic. But now you got to find a vintage service person who can do a Rolex service and find the parts, which Rolex will no longer supply. I, not good. Might be a long service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, if I, if I, if my memory serves me correctly, and this is always kind of foggy, um, but when the Oyster Quartz came out, that was an adaptation of the Beta 21 movement, which was basically like, without getting to a long diatribe, is like to what was happening. Quartz crisis was happening. Japanese watches were making quartz movements at ridiculously low prices undercutting the swiss watch brands they were technically more accurate more technologically advanced all these different things and they cost less to manufacture and so they were literally just dropping the bottom out on mechanical watch industry so the swiss industry decided to respond but they're like we're all kind of like in this crap together so let's see what we can do so it was kind of weird like paddock omega i think rolex um i think even piaget like they all went together to make this movement and they call it the beta 21 and like they all kind of like used it <laughs> it was it was it was really weird but it was like one of the first ever like swiss full quartz movements that was production and uh it's it's a really interesting story you can look it up on the on the internet but the movement was called the beta 21 and like everyone was kind of like using it they just called it a different name per their marketing right yeah. like it was the same movement essentially but it was like you know a, it was you know, sw200 yeah yeah it was like a different a, name codification for piaget for rolex or you know whoever was using i mean even paddock was using this movement wild so yeah i mean it was it's kind of like insane but yeah that that whole story it was just like it's so it's so crazy but I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, the Oyster Course movement was a was a descendant of one of the early Beta Beta 21 movements. And I think they I think they even made a Beta 8 in Oyster Courts. Rare, but yes. 
I, rare, but yes. I think one of my cousins has one, but I don't know how legit it is because he <laughs> just say he delves into some suspect activities. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's like, yo, bro, you got that sweet oyster course day date, but it might be Fugazi's. He got some expensive <laughs> stuff, and you know, like I said, illicit activities pay, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're real. <laughs> You know, like I got you. I see. I see I you, know, you. you see celebrities wearing fake watches. I, I don't yeah. think anybody's above it at that point. No, yeah. Was it uh, that guy, fake watchbuster? Like he, he just roasted. Uh, what's his face? Um, one of the Paul brothers. Yeah, that nerd. His yeah. fake Richard Neal. Yeah, exactly. He's like, look at this fake Bubba Watson. I was like, oh, man, why you gotta buy the fake ones, dude? Like. I love it. I love the, oh, I keep the real one in the safe. I don't take it out. Yeah, yeah sure. Whatever, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got got, bro. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. At least buy, one, like, of, buy one of those super fakes if you're going to do that. They make crazy fakes. Why are you going to buy a bad fake? Uh, well, because they don't know, man. <laughs> no. They, it, but I got to assume, right, you're, you're uh, I'm going to throw quotes around this celebrity. You're not going to the guy, hey, bro. Is this a top of the line? Fa- Am I going to get called out on this? Because that's embarrassing. But, but bro, like you have to remember too. I don't ignorance. Know, ignorance. It, it, there's there's aspects of that, right? Where it's just people just don't know, and then they surround themselves with people who also don't know, and they're like, "Yo, bro, I found this plug. Like he's gonna hook it up with that RM, bro. Like we're just gonna meet him up, and he's gonna do this his private sale, like." You know, like that's how I can see yeah. it. That's, like how it uh, that's how it goes down. You know? Uncut like, gems. Yeah, exactly. He's like, like, he, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's got box and paper Rolex. Like, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. Because it's KG. And he's like, no, I, I don't got it like that. I don't got it. And he's yeah. like, what do you mean? You got it. You got it. He's like, no. Because <laughs> he doesn't yeah, want to sell it to him. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how this stuff goes down. Yeah, Uncut gems is a perfect example of this. If you haven't seen that movie, it's hilarious. It's very dark, but it's, and it's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's good. And there's but, some watches in it. Yeah, there is some watches in it, and and you get to you get to look at you know like low key under, underground like New York jewelry store world, and it's it's dark. Let's just say that. But you know that that's how all this stuff happens. Like these guys are like, yeah, bro, I got a I got a local jeweler who's gonna hook it up. He's gonna ice out the Daytona for you. It's like, and it's Bust all like, down. yeah, it's all it's all like just like you know. Low quality diamonds that they're just gonna spend, you know, a fortune on because there's like two thousand of them and they're gonna get hand set into this Daytona. I'm like, ugh. Ugh. it's a whole nother world, my friend. But half the time, these guys also don't care. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like that's the other aspect of it. Like, you think Logan Paul really cares that his watch is fake? He's probably gonna be like, eh, whatever. Who's this guy? Fake watch buster? He's nothing. I got six hundred million followers on social media. This guy's got like. 200 you know like anyway man we really we went on some tangents Ah, that's what it's about it's part of the it's it's about the journey it's not about a to b (laughs) it's it's not fun right no it's not watch a movie where you know you walk up to mount doom and throw the ring in the fire nobody cares you want to well it's about the story that's a good one i like that lord of the rings little lord of the rings reference for the people out there so when when are we going to do the offshoot of Schmidt and Bro watching movies and talking watches at the same time. It's like, like I mean, uh, Mystery Science kind of been... Theater 3000. <laughs> it's like we, we've kind of been doing this. 
That's true. That's I'm maybe, a big maybe we should maybe we should do a little segment one time where we just talk about like watches and stream movies. Matrix Resurrections at the same time. Yeah, so we can look at the new Hamilton. Yeah, I mean that watch does look kind of sick though. It looks kind of which sick. is a digital quartz watch. I know, right? Ties right. I know in that beautifully. Did Did you ever Did you ever see when Hamilton made a version of that watch back in the day? where it was like mechanical but it powered the lcd screen display no i didn't know that existed yes dude let me see if i can figure out what the name of this watch was but it was like it was a hamilton if i if and if memory serves me correctly it was a mechanical automatic winding movement that powered a quartz like lcd screen that's interesting and i i did I did. It was. I mean, I do remember reading that those original, those original, they weren't even LCD. They were just digital quartz watches that you had to push the button to illuminate the numbers. Yeah. That it used I mean, to just suck the battery power so yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, that's why you had to push the button. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was, it was impossible for it to be continuously on. That's wild. <laughs> but then you know the the but, LCD. I mean, but, but, but even then, look at look at look at this way. Look at look at when uh, when Apple redid the uh, the Apple Watch, they updated it to have the always on display. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, like because before we forget, our Apple watches used to hibernate the screens until you would tilt it up, it would like illuminate. Yeah, the Apple doesn't so, fall far. And you know that's what I'm saying, bro. Like you know, this is a. Uh, Hamilton American Classic PSR Digital Quartz Limited Edition Black Dial Steel, $3,500. Yeesh. You know, it's funny. The original uh, Astrons, I think, used to cost as much as cars did. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> all, of, all of these, like those Beta 21 Quartz movements, when, when the Swiss industry like debuted them, they were all in gold cases. Oh, boy. Because they were like so expensive, like to the, all of the the design work and the industrialization to make those watches come to actual life, they were like extremely expensive. So I think this is it. I think it's called the Pulsomatic. Hamilton Automatics was made. Yeah, this is it. The Pulse Mag, a digital timepiece with a futuristic design. The watch feels the spirit of the digital age with Swiss craftsmanship in the form of an automatic movement to appeal to wearers who love the fact that time never stands still. Um, had an 80. Well, that can't be right. It says an 82 day power surge. <laughs> this makes sense. 82 days. Yeah. Maybe 82 called, hours. Maybe. Unless it was like because it charged it mechanically that it would like charge the battery and the battery on Friday. Yeah, I'm trying days. to figure out which aspect of the movement it's talking about. Have, did you Google it? The it's it's called the the Hamilton Pulsomatic. So it looks kind of like the PSR like that they have now, but this was like probably 10 years ago. But it was like mechanical with a like LCD screen display or like a, a, a digital display and numbers. Okay. It's very futuristic looking. Yeah, but I mean that's what kind of like what the what the what the modern ones look like now. You know yeah. the, these PSR things. 
but it's weird because it was like automatic. Yeah, no, I see the back. It's got a rotor. <laughs> I'm like, what is this weird stuff? The more you know. Dude, I yeah, the stuff that I like, I don't I don't know how I remember all these things. I really don't. It's just like little interesting points that stick in your brain. It's just like, do you remember that one time Hamilton made an automatic course watch with a digital readout? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It's weird, right? Like, maybe I should find one. That'd be kind of cool. Hmm. Maybe one day. But yeah, there you go. The more you know. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Other ones I thought of that are just cool quartz watches in general. I mean, obviously, those SBGN 9F Grand Seikos are sick. Yeah, dude. Anything 9F series, just... That's like the gold solid, standard of solid quartz movements. Yeah, solid. That The Arnie, I always, I've always thought it was cool. That's why I bought one. It's kind of got that digi and a digi. That watch is super cool. I got the I got the op- the opportunity to try it on when I was there and we met up last time. I loved it. I was like, this it's is surprisingly so fun. <laughs> and I love it. I thought I was gonna hate it and I bought it on a whim it was on sale and I was like, I actually rather enjoy this. No, it's cool, man. Like I and I remember I remember when he wore that watch in several films. It wasn't just I think it was because it was predominantly in Predator, Predator I think is where yeah. it was, right? But he wore it in several films. I think he wore it in uh in Commando too. If I'm not mistaken, um, and uh, it, I mean, just yes, it, it, <laughs> the Arnie is the perfect name for it. <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah, but I gotta say that that is a it's a very easy watch to use for having multiple pushers and seeming kind of overwhelming. I mean, I mostly keep it on the the day date setting on the digi, but you know, yeah. timer, chronograph. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, but there's something to be said. Like, and to me, I think that's that's kind of the hidden gems of of the quartz watch community. Is just like you find things like that that are just weird and niche. They're not going to drive for everybody, but to me, that's yeah, and that's it's got exactly that, what I want. That solar movement, that, and when you 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 put it back in the light after a few days, the hands go right back to where they're supposed to be. I I, I enjoy. Oh, that. really? That's a fun little. That that is the only thing about me. I kill solar watches so bad. I do because I always forget to put them in light. Yeah, it goes (laughs) to sleep. This one, so that's cool. Well, that's cool, but most of them don't. And like, if like they have like a powers of like eight months or six months, like I literally destroyed an Echo Drive once because I just never kept it in the sun or in light. I had it in a dark watch box that actually had a lid that closed over top of it. And so one day I was like, I was like, oh, oh, I guess my battery's dead. And then I, I come to find out it's like a capacitor cell. So it has like a little like extra tong thing that sticks off the battery. And it's very hard to find them. They're very easy to damage when you replace the batteries if you don't know what you're doing, which I totally did. So yeah, it was like, okay, no more echo drives for me. Uh, <laughs> if it's like your daily driver, totally good. Perfect. That's fine. You're gonna be fine. But if you're like me and you live in the watch box for six months and never look at it, it's probably gonna crap itself. Yeah, I, I always forget you have the uh, the Arnie. That's such a cool watch, man. Yeah, fun little watch. 
little <laughs> fun gigantic watch yeah yeah because what, what's the specs on that what size is it 48 or 50 i think it's 50 i think it's 50 it doesn't it doesn't wear like one though i mean no the plastic components really change the way it wears but and also yeah. sego kind of has they have a little magic formula with lugs and things yeah they always make yeah. their their monstrous golems wear a little more easy monstrous gold they got some big ones man <laughs> they do monsters tunas they got some got some thick boys thick boys <laughs> with thick with two c's Woo, he thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you got anything else like what's up no just other than that just just the spring drives and stuff but that's yeah that's, for me that's just like that's a new type of like standard of watch movements. I'm surprised not. I'm surprised people haven't tried to reverse engineer that yet. I'm sure they have. I mean, I mean, I'm sure somebody's attempted. I mean, it's just like, you could say the same thing for like, uh, you know, to talking about Omega, like coaxial. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's reverse engineered that yet. And technically the patents are expired on coaxial technology. Anybody could take up the mantle and start producing coaxial movements. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a direction that more brands just don't want to go into. Yeah, it might just be considered <clears throat> undesirable. Yeah, I mean, like if if I was a brand like Rolex, or I would look at Spring Drive and like that's cute and like it's fine. <laughs> like you you guys can do that over there. Like we're gonna keep doing what we do. You know, same thing with like Omega, right? Like like oh, you guys have a cool technology. We're gonna do coaxial. That's that's what we do. Unless um, so the meta think- certification. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I I don't. Here's the other aspect, though: is like magnetism can affect quartz movements. A lot of people don't know that. Yep. Now, now it won't. It's kind of like what I was talking about with the thermal compensation earlier. Is like essentially once it encounters the magnetic field, it will kind of slowly put the oscillations and the vibrations of the quartz crystal into like a kind of like a suspended state, like a slowed state. They're still functioning, just maybe not as the same frequency as they would not in magnetism. But uh, as soon as you remove the watch from from that magnetic influence, it goes right back to to normal. So most of the time, quartz watches are completely unaffected by magnetic fields. But they can if they're like sitting in it. So they don't have any protection. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Modern mechanical watches don't have protection against <laughs> magnetism. Like, there's many of those out there. Yeah, so, fine. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I think we've uh, ran the gauntlet here on quartz watches, but I think so. I mean, in, I, in the name of Festivus, I had to air my grievances. <laughs> that name of Festivus. <laughs> first, first, oh. first part of Festivus, you have to air your grievances. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So I start calling you Costanza, man. But uh, all right. So just to make sure we recap everything. Quartz is good. Find quartz that you like. Don't be turned off by not or t- don't be turned off to not buy quartz because other people in the industry or other people in the hobby might throw shade at you. It's OK. Yeah. And you rock that little cue. Uh... There's plenty of flavors, of course. So don't, don't just think there's. It's not just one aisle in the grocery store. You got options. Yeah, exactly. Who would have ever thought the Hamilton PSR would have been cool? And I mean, yeah, people it's are got buying its following. it. It's got his following, man. Like, I mean, you know, who would have thought? 
and now apparently i'm looking at ebay like all the <laughs> all like the vintage ones are like four or five thousand yeah, dollars like they're all going up I'm like uh what is happening guys we've created our own monsters <laughs> too many yeah exactly but uh any uh any last minute uh housekeeping stuff bro before we we wrap this episode yeah so ladies and gents this is going to be our last episode of 2021 we are going to get ourselves lost in the holiday i guess you'd say and enjoy the holiday cheer we will be back on one three with a fresh drop that is the next monday after new year's so i guess until then we'll catch you later schmidt all right guys yeah enjoy your holidays i'm sure we'll talk yeah yeah for sure and uh, everyone else out there have a merry christmas happy holidays happy new year and we'll catch you in 2022 peace